You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 167. This is a side A episode. Right, this is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about some very entertaining things. Like I said, this is a side A episode, which means that we're going to talk about pop culture, entertainment news, movies, music, books, Florida, whatever else the hell caught our eye this week. My name is Duke Space Runner, and I am joined by Dan Duo. Hey, all right. And Jubaka. <laughs> Oi, Faye. <laughs> this week, we're going to talk about Cobra Kai Worst season three, sound ever. <laughs> Possessor, and the Netflix series, The History of Swear Words. So, uh, real quick, uh, you're going to hear some stuff in the background, which is very fitting, considering we are talking about Cobra Kai. My child is doing a karate class right in the next room. So, <clears throat> he's doing a kicks and tricks class. Uh, his karate uh, school has not gotten into a battle with any other karate schools just yet, but he is training to make sure that if that happens, he's ready. So if you hear Aya screaming, etc., that's what's going on. Have you have you put up traps just in case there's a, a roving karate gang that invades your home? Oh, I'm not dumb. <laughs> Sheesh. This is a review show. And there will probably be spoilers. We will try to avoid any major twists. However, I don't know um, if those are entirely going to be avoidable this week. So if we're talking about something you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, then use your own discretion, friend. So, do we have any news, guys? I, I have kind of been in my own little study hole. For like the last two weeks, I, for those who don't know, I have just recently gone back to school and I have like absolutely zero free time at this Rob's point. Rob's study hole is not a place you want to be. It, it is. It is not. It is not a, fear, a happy it's place. A crazy, fearful place. Not a happy place. I do Oops. have a little bit of news. Ooh, give <clears throat> it to me, Jimmy. Regarding. Fill my study hole with news. Yes. Regarding someone we, we've talked about relatively recently and someone who unfortunately passed away oh shit whose fault was it this time well i don't think it was any of ours i'm speaking about one thomas Dwayne lister jr tommy Uh, it has been revealed per his death certificate and confirmed by his lawyer that six months before his passing, he officially changed his middle name to Debo. Nice. No shit, really? Yeah. Yeah. So That's a good mic drop. Yeah. He uh he changed his middle name to Debo in honor of the character he played on his iconic role in Friday. He could have changed his middle name to Zeus. And I would have been very okay with it. But the news that came out today made me feel a little fuzzy inside. 
Uh, rest in peace, Tommy Lister. Tommy Debo Lister. Oh, I got got a couple little bits of news as well. Um, I have been in Twitter world for about a. Oh, you know, that's a dangerous place. It is for a couple weeks. Uh, uh, first of all, welcome new Twitter listeners out there. I've been yes, welcome, welcome. So, uh. If you found us via Twitter, welcome. If you didn't find us being via Twitter, also welcome. But uh, anyway, I was looking at something today, and uh, I don't know who this user is, but his name is Dave with binders full of Romney, which means that yeah, Dave, have, which means he has not changed his Twitter username in about eight years. Uh, he wrote just randomly to Ricky Rockman of Headbangers Ball fame, "Bring back Headbangers Ball to get more positivity in the world." And Ricky Rockman responded, it will be back much sooner than you think. Ooh. Now, I was a big fan of Headbangers Ball. Headbangers Ball introduced me to Pearl Jam, ironically enough. That was my Saturday night before I could, you know, drive. So, kind of excited to see what they do. Um, there was some talk back in May that I think we even talked about it, that there was going to be something on YouTube. But it's so hard to play music videos without someone there to you know, deal with all the licensing and not get sued. So yeah, because YouTube will automatically pull out audio or, or pull it down or flag it. Yeah. So uh, big fan of that. Uh, by the way, on this, this particular episode, there's, I'm going to do a thing. Guys. A thing? Yeah. I've got actual Japanese snacks. Oh my God. Um, that I'm going to try throughout the episode. Uh, I will not chew into the microphone, Jimmy. I swear yeah. to God. Okay. <laughs> I have I have a weird Japanese Kit Kat. Uh, okay. I've got uh, what is this? Some something with a panda on it. Yes, Pan, Pandaro. 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 Yeah. yeah, got some of that. Got these uh, salty turtle crackers. Okay, so you're gonna have to describe these because you're showing it to the camera. Yeah. But... So I've got. Uh, so I'm gonna start off. I'll describe them as I go. Um, I think okay. I'm going to start with the salty turtle crackers here. Um, I got this from uh, Tokyo Treat, which I which are not sponsoring us, but um, because we, as I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago, we go to we used to go to Epcot, and that was one way of getting my child to eat something that wasn't chicken fingers and French fries every day. <laughs> so we would we would go into the various stores and be like, hey, oh, hey, why don't you try this German food or this, you know, whatever the food. Uh, What's the big food? Uh, the food and wine stuff. He would try all the different wines around the world. Mm. Um, Isn't he a little young for that? Well, you know. Um, so we're going to try the, the uh, salty turtle crackers oh, first here. Staggering out of Epcot as you walk back to the car. With like a shirt. <laughs> with one of those shirts that has all the check boxes on it. Yeah. Like all the different drinks that he had. Half a glass uh, of wine. This is uh, salty turtle crackers. The crackers are a popular choice. For end of the year celebrations in Japan, so this is the New Year's box. Um, All right, it smells oddly enough. It smells like um, the inside of a pumpkin when you cut it open. So it smells like pumpkin. Yeah, it smells like pumpkin. Uh, they're pretty cute though. They're little turtles. They're they almost look like bottle caps. They're like three D turtles. Those so look they, like flattened turds. I actually hope to God. I hope they taste like turtles. I hope, they I, I hope they're not made of turtle. I'm going to mute the microphone here as I bite so Jimmy doesn't drive over here and bitch slap me. I, I would. 
too. And and while Greg's uh, doing that, I'm going to give my thoughts real quick on the return of Headbangers Ball. Uh, if it's in a podcast format, maybe Ricky Reckman does a uh, a podcast about heavy metal music. That's fine. But when Headbangers Ball came back again, it was a fucking disaster. It was really horrible. So uh, if I, I don't know that it could ever be like it was. I remember staying up watching that, uh, being exposed to a lot of heavy metal the first time. And then the second time around, it was just like Total Request Live. You, you had all the big bands. You had your Lincoln Park and all that other bullshit playing on there. And that that never really represented heavy metal to me. So, yeah, I don't care. I'm back. Thank you, Jibby, for that. You're welcome. Uh, they're really good. They actually, for if you want a taste profile, they taste a lot like Chex Mix, but not over overwhelming. They taste like Chex Mix because it's kind of like an all-natural organic version. Uh, the shape is actually kind of interesting because it, it does uh, lead to some good, like, cr- good crunch. Um, I will say it has good mouthfeel, just like Rob. Yeah, I do. Um, I would I would buy these snacks if you know, in, in a store if I ran into them. So salty are turtle snacks salty? are delicious. Uh, they are salty, but not overwhelming. Excellent. Yeah. So speaking of salty turtle snacks, uh, is that, was that a cue for me to pick something? Uh, did you have something else, Greg? I, I did. Yes. It has nothing to do with turtles. And it does it. Sure. It does. Always does. Always does. Okay, let me go mm-hmm. up here. Uh, <laughs> me, I am too. Uh, is he talking about another snack or is he talking about a news story? I've got a couple news stories. They have nothing to do with turtles or saltiness. Uh, I did see a trailer the other day for a movie called Crazy Samurai 400 vs. 1. Uh, it is a... Did you see this trailer, anyone? No. Did not see the trailer. However, I am aware of the, uh, the feat that they've achieved. Yes, so it is a... Uh, the tagline says, or the story, when a master samurai arrives to duel the disgraced Yashioka Dojo, he walks into an ambush in a stunning one-take action film sequence. Uh, Miyamoto Moshi uh, fights for who's played by Takasaguchi. See, I'm, this is this is one of those episodes that none of the names are going to be right. Uh, fights for his life against 400 warriors, earning a place in history as the crazy samurai. This is, that's cool. Whatever you hear about a lot of these action films and they just throw more and more nameless face uh you know characters to be stabbed and sliced and whatever however this one does it in a single 77 minute action sequence shot in one continuous take a marathon battle that rivals any ever filmed so that's actually pretty impressive it really is sounds cool a 77 minute continuous take of a single battle scene uh it's a single battle scene that takes place in if you see the trailer you can see there's like inside of a there's a bunch of different locations but i'm guessing he runs from place to place to place there's like near a river and then in a a fishing village and then in a in a palace kind of thing so it looks like the whole thing is just one long battle so now is is this a, a an a creative idea or is this supposed to be something that actually happened i believe a creative idea okay but I'm going to have to try to find that when it comes out after I remember. Mm-hmm. And one last thing that we talked about a whole bunch 
early, uh, God, two years ago, I think when all the streaming stuff was just getting started, we talked about Amazon picking up Lord of the Rings for a giant ass show. Yeah. Giant huge. ass show. Yeah. Giant ass show. Uh, huge budgets, lots of characters filming in New Zealand, which is basically uh, Middle Earth these days. Um, mm-hmm. Amazon also Studios. Yeah. Amazon Studios did release some information about this show. Uh, that it was canceled. <laughs> no, it's it's going to be massive. There's so many people involved. I don't know That's the names, but wow, uh, it's going to show the uh, what happened a thousand years before Lord of the Rings. So the oh, rise, okay. the rise of, of Sauron. Uh, yep. First, yeah, Sauron. Yep. It will take viewers back to an era in which great powers were forged, kingdoms rose to glory and fell to ruin. Unlikely heroes were tested, hope hung by the finest of threads, and the greatest villain that ever flowed from Tolkien's pen threatened to cover the world in darkness. That was me right there. That wasn't even a... That was me being poetic. It's not true. That was actually from... That that was not even remotely true. Yeah, that was uh, actually their own press release. But... Shame on you. Yeah. So, anyway, looking forward to that. I'm hoping that this is as buzzworthy and good as Game of Thrones season, like, one, two, three, four, five... So. Six? Yes. Seven, eight, nine, ten? No. No. That's what I got for news. Excellent. Well, you know what else falls in the news category? What's that, Rob? When you, you text see- us while you're pooping? Well, well, no, that's not news. That's just an everyday event. Um, <laughs> WTF, which stands for what? Welcome to Florida. That is right, my friends. And today... Oh, shit, my link isn't working. That's right. Every week, guys, we bring you a story from the state that we live in, that we broadcast from. A state that's most shaped like a penis. It's Florida. Greg is biting into another snack. I am. This is going to be the Pandaro. Pandaro, this... uh, While you're looking for the link there... I'm going to interject and uh, have a little break over the new year period with a hot drink and these cute and buttery, crunchy panda shaped cookies. Perfect for a moment of me time. Uh, guys, I'm going to need you to sign off so I could have some me time with my panda crackers. <laughs> that is disgusting. Well, you can watch if you want. I think shipping these from, um, from Japan definitely hurt the fact that they're supposed to be panda shaped because they're definitely not Shaped like any panda I've ever seen. They're shaped like part of a panda. (laughs) What part? Use your own imagination. They're shaped like panda turds. They are. They smell really good. Oh, so supposed. I think one supposed to be one giant panda cookie, and it was crumbled. So, oh, they smell super buttery. Going on mute, Rob. You can. While I taste the panda cracker, you can talk about Florida. Well, today's Florida story comes to us with a man by the name of Scott Anthony Massa, 51. Please and that for us today. D- well, this man lives in Tampa, and the police caught him. Do you know what he was trying to do? This man was trying to burn his house down. I'm assuming he was trying to get the insurance money. Uh Uh-huh. But he ran into a problem. 
Yeah. When he filled a bucket with accelerant and lit it on fire and then tried to throw it through a window. <laughs> oh, man. I've done ins- that before. Instead of making it into the house, he just lit himself on fire. <laughs> Ooh, boy. <laughs> This happened in Tampa Bay at about 5.40 a.m. on Sunday. And (laughs) he fled the scene. Go figure. (laughs) He was on fire. It's not hard to find him. (laughs) He was was later arrested at St. Joseph's Hospital where he was seeking treatment for, guess what? Burns. Yeah. Yeah. Burned himself like a dumbass. I mean, Tampa sucks. (laughs) (laughs) So so the only thing that would make that any better would be that if he started the fire in his home and then somehow forgot how to get out of it. (laughs) Yeah. And got lost. Now, I... It's like, really? I know someone that worked in the insurance field. Mm-hmm. Uh, very well because it's my mom <clears throat> and she told me once about someone who called and asked a bunch of questions about if bedroom renovations were covered by insurance to which point of course the answer is no that's not covered by insurance so he lit the bedroom on fire didn't he this is a second story bedroom and so a few days later they got a call from the, uh, the the home office where you call in to make your claims, and said that there were, he had called in and said there were, he had a grease fire in the bedroom. <laughs> hey, did he move a stove in there? So what had ha- what what had happened was <laughs> he started a grease fire on his stove, which they found out because you could tell you know like grease fires leave a lot of smoke ran upstairs with the pan in his hand, leaving, of course, drips of burning grease on the carpet all through the house. So he actually claimed the stair carpet and the hallway carpet and all that stuff. And then dumped the burning grease onto his carpet in the bedroom and said that he was trying to bring the the burning pan to the shower. Uh, That did not Mm -hmm. get approved, and it was, in fact, insurance fraud. So... And he was, in fact, a Florida man as well. So before we even did this, that was in the 90s. <clears throat> Excellent. Yeah. Morons. Uh, the Pandaro cracker was delicious. It tasted like the Pepperidge Farm Chessmen cookies, just without the honey stuff on it. Um, very buttery, very sweet, like a, like a buttery shortbread. Um, I could eat one or two of those. I'm not a big fan of buttery cookies, but every so often hits the spot. Was good with my hot drink, as they suggested. Mm-hmm. My hot drink is my nickname for Jimmy. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. So, uh, uh, any any more news for Mr. Florida guy? Nope. Okay. Well, you guys can get in on all of this fun and help us out at the same time. If you uh, want to help the show, uh, pretty much 100% of the money goes to the the show-related expenses. Uh, Mm. You can help us out on our Patreon. You can be a patron, $5 a month. Helps us pay for server costs and helps us pay for the website and all that fun stuff. 
Uh, it also gets you invited to our Discord chat, uh, lets you know what movie we're going to be reviewing. Uh, as soon as we kind of figure it out, you get early access to the question. You can call in. You can do all that stuff. Uh, you get to do a birthday episode uh, where we actually will do a top five list about you. Although I think the next birthday is me, so you guys have to do a top five list about me, I think, if you want. Or maybe the patrons get to do a top five list about me. I think we'll we'll have the patrons submit their list for your birthday. Okay. Figure something out there. So uh, there are higher ranges. Uh, we have uh, our patron of unusual size, Alec, who has supported the show very well, and uh, he gets an opp- he gets the opportunity to curate some shows and, and uh, you know do do a couple other things. He gets to see our show notes. He gets a bunch of stuff like that, and. Uh, we thank him very much for that. So check us out, patreon.com slash Gibby5podcast. If you are a listener of the show, or if you're brand new and just want to send us money and whatnot. And what We did check out. Yes. Not pre-subscribe. Thank you, Greg. I think uh, we'll go ahead and dive right into our topics now. And uh, this is uh, the first topic. I'm going to talk about a film that I hold in very high regard that I've been looking forward to for a very long time. And it even made my top five movies of the year for 2020. And that film is Possessor. I will do my very, very best not to spoil it. Yeah, the name looks great. The cover looks great. Yeah, I'm gonna sit back and enjoy some more Japanese snacks. I can't even read that. What does that say? Uh, Kayeka Pride Potato Dead Body Cookies. Yes, it's uh, there you go. Uh, Kayeka Pride Potato and Dorimon Seaweed and Salt Chips. Yum, yum. While Greg is doing that, we'll talk about Possessor released on October 2nd. 2020, directed by Brendan Cronenberg of Cronenberg fame. The film stars Andrea Riseborough, who you have seen, you know, I know as Mandy from the film Mandy, starring Christopher Abbott, Tuppence Middleton, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Sean Sean. Sean Sean. Oh, that's just Sean, somebody else. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to do justice here in a moment. Sean Bean. It autocorrected to Sean Sean. It corrected Bean to Sean. <laughs> yeah, so Sean Bean. You know Sean Bean. Sean Bean was in the aforementioned Lord of the Rings as Boromir. Uh, yeah, oh. When, so the number one question is, is when does he die in this movie? <laughs> That was asked to me in our patron-only chat room. And oh, I said, yeah? I said, just go watch it. And Kerwin says, dude, he dies. Just he win. He dies in everything. Like, you just have to watch it and find out. Maybe he's the star. Maybe he... Nah, he totally dies in it. But Even if he is the star, he's still gonna die. Yeah. In an alternate 2008... Tasia Voss is an assassin who takes control over other people's bodies to carry out her hits. 
through an implant installed in the unwitting host's brain, Voss can use a special machine to insert her consciousness into their minds. She returns to her own body by forcing the host to commit suicide at the end of each job. So she is an assassin for a corporation that, by gaining power, by gaining funds, and by gaining control, they set up these scenarios that leave no trace. No investigation needed. Your assassin goes in. They take control of the host. They go in. They commit the crime. You have murder-suicide. You take out the CEO of a company. You have this and that. And it goes even, it goes so much deeper than than just that. Uh, placing herself into host, she will cause problems in the family. So if she's implanting into, uh, say, a person who kills their spouse and the spouse's father who's the ceo of a company for example she'll go in they'll have a public fight um they'll be found all dead the next day so the headlines will say public fight leads to turmoil in family all members dead dominoes fall where they may job's done she goes on with her life company goes on with their life right so that that's what happens hmm. with me so far mm-hmm. more or less now every time tasia voss played by andrea riseborough executes one of these jobs there's a little degradation there each each job becomes a little more difficult She's implanting her consciousness into another body, into another mind. So she kind of loses touch a little bit every time. And that comes into play in the film uh, later on. It's an unrelenting film. It goes from zero to 60 in however many seconds is fast for a car. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. My car is not very fast. But within the first couple of minutes, there's knife to the throat up close looks great so the practical effects in this movie are nothing monstrous there are no monsters in this movie this is a psychological horror film psychological thriller there's also a certain amount of of body horror in there um so a lot of uh uncomfortable violence um the cast is absolutely amazing Andrea Rasborough is, is fantastic. I could not, for the life of me, remember the name of Jennifer Jason Lee until I saw her. Uh, until I saw her name, mm. and Sean Bean is fantastic in this. Um, he meets a very violent end. <laughs> of course, he does. It's not one minute in the film. Not a minute, but it's not super long into it. Um, it's it's pretty. You you know what's going to happen from the assignment of the job. Um, she is implanted by basically kidnapping. So whenever they want to implant 
the assassin's consciousness into another person, they basically do the old, you know, the equivalent of walking up behind him and popping him on the back of the head, knocking him out, throwing him into a van. Boom, Bob's your uncle, right? She is in a separate location, of course, where she's being monitored. She's hooked up to all machines, et cetera. Um, she's implanted into a man who is, she is then supposed to create turmoil within the family, take out Sean Bean, um, and create a domino effect within that company that leaves, you know, no questions asked about the crime. So the film is very, 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 very much like an Aphex Twin video. If you've seen the video for Come to Daddy, um, that is directed by a director named Chris Cunningham, who is absolutely fantastic. Uh, this movie is is very kind of spiritually in the same vein. It's very desolate. It's kind of wet. It's sickly. It's yellow. If you've seen the cover, it's either orange or yellow. I believe the um, orange one is the director's cut. But you see that that cover where it kind of looks like somebody's face is falling off or something like that. Um, that is, uh, that's kind of explained later on. There are some sequence in, sequences in this that are very heady, very artistic, you know, like a weird electronic music video. But um, they do a great job of, of creating kind of victim empathy. Um, and uh, really turning it on its head. The, the possessed isn't necessarily always the bad guy. So okay. this is a, a film that has and will stay in my top 10. Hmm. I think for a very long time, worth owning a copy. I rented it for, I don't know, it on Amazon it was 99 cents at one point. I rented it. It was six ninety nine. If you're gonna do that, then just buy it. Buy the uncut version. Enjoy it, or don't. I mean, it's it's pretty heavy, but it's a uh, very well, know, very original. I know Greg enjoys the uncut version. I was waiting for that. <clears throat> that Glad I didn't disappoint you. Yeah, that was coming. Yep. You so I was gonna say it about you. So that's. I, I would really like to know what you guys think of it. I thought it was, it was very original, a very uh, just kind of kind of under your skin kind of film. So I, 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 will, I will admit I've walked past it a couple of times and I really wanted to check it out. But I've had such terrible luck with movies that I've just kind of randomly walked past at Walmart recently. <laughs> yeah. For example, the Shark Attack three pack. That that I'm that I'm a little gun shy. Still available so, for new patrons. So, yeah, it still is. Oh God, we yeah. can't even give it away. No, people are like, I don't want to sign up. They're like, yeah, they have it. like their credit card information in Patreon. Patreon, they're just about to hit go, and they heard that and they're like, nope. They find out nope, the I'm next good. person that signs up gets a copy of the Shark Attack three pack. Yeah. Now, that's my review of Possessor. Highly recommended. Highly, highly, highly recommended. Now, Greg, how about the review of those little 
potato seaweed crisps that you just had, as we call them in the UK. Yes, these are actually pretty good as well. Everything's been good. Um, that's not always the case with these the boxes, but um, these potato chips. You shouldn't eat the box, Greg. Yeah, although the the winner of this box was the um, the put it the, the custard uh, filled uh, mochi, which were awesome. But mm-hmm. so far, uh, these chips they are first of all not greasy at all for chips that got shipped all the way across the sea. That no settling. Yeah, like, a lot of. Yeah, most other countries don't fry everything like we do. Yeah, so it's, they're not super greasy, um, very crisp, perfect thickness uh the flavor it's you know salty chips but it does have a the little bit of a seaweed aftertaste it almost has like crumbles of the the seaweed they wrap sushi in on it like flavor like powder from it um but it's not overpowering it's not over i was a little worried it was going to be overwhelmingly fishy because you could smell it when you open up the bag but um Mm. and i'm not a big fan of overwhelmingly fishy things no comment uh but it was good. I, again, the, we're now three for three on the deliciousness. And all I have left, I'm not eating everything. I'm just eating a couple bites. I do have the uh, the red bean uh, dumpling Kit Kat, which I will be trying in a bit. Ooh. So, uh, Rob, I think we should talk about swear words next. You want to talk about some swear words? I do. Now, I know that... I know that you saw like the first two episodes. I don't think Jimmy, uh, I don't think you caught any of this. Yet. I saw the first three. Episodes. I have not yet, but I okay. did see a Nicolas Cage movie. We'll talk about that next week. Ooh. Yeah. I saw, we're going to swear a lot here. So if you're children, so if you're children in the yeah. car, you should throw them out of the car right now. Throw them out the window. Yeah. Because we're going to talk about the Netflix series, the history of swear words. Mm-hmm. Now, it was released 2021. I looked. I couldn't find an exact date that when it actually came out. Uh, last it, week. Or it, it came out in the beginning of 2021, basically, early January. And it stars Nicolas Cage and also a bunch of comedians with a couple of le- lexicographers and some linguists. Were they cunning and linguists, Rob? They were cunning linguists. Yes, they were. Thank you. And it's... It, the synopsis is an education in expletives, the history lesson you didn't know you needed, hosted by Nicolas Cage, a loud and proudly profane series that explores the origins, pop culture usage, science, and cultural impact of curse words. Now, based so, on what I've seen of this, uh, and based on what I've seen from Nicolas Cage recently, is he has fully embraced the crazy. Yeah, he has. Great. He 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 did he he did a good job. He was enjoyable. But I will say I think they did it backwards. Because they started the series episode 1 with the granddaddy of them all. Hmm. And yes, I'm talking about episode 1 was about fuck. Huh. Okay. In my opinion, that might have should have been the last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all all you have to do to hook me is just say Nicolas Cage. Yeah, the first episode doesn't have to be fuck. Right, that could be the last episode. I agree. So their their episodes in order were fuck, shit, bitch, dick, pussy, and damn. Damn. And <laughs> yeah, 
And I will admit, I found the first two episodes fucking shit to actually be pretty funny. I, I, I was talking with Greg earlier and he did mention that he would have liked to have had a little bit more history involved. And I would agree with that. He just stole what I was, he just totally stole what I was going to say. With the exception being that I think Ah, fucking shit were the two episodes that had the most history in it. Ain't that some fucking shit? (laughs) Well played, Jimmy. You're, you're damn right. Bitches. Yeah, there was. Don't be a dick, dude. They they show like these very interesting looking timeline graphics. Come on, you pussy. That's all. They show the no. We missed one. Shit. Say, shit. We missed one. Anyway, no. He said. He said. Fucking. Oh, shit. never mind. We didn't miss any. Fucking well, shit. Shit again. <clears throat> anyway, we Damn. they show this timeline of like different points where the word kind of sprung up, whether it be the first time it was said or what it was originally. And then the first time it appeared in writing and first time it appeared in different you know, countries and stuff like that. And like the Latin roots of it, all that they show some of that stuff, but like, they don't really cover it very much. Mm. And they fill like 20 minutes to 30 minutes. Yeah. 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Is that where it sprung up? What? Is that where what sprung up? I'm con- on, you have me confused. Anyway, so they do that thing. And then uh, they kind of, in each episode, they stick like little games or they, like one episode, they stick their hands in ice water. And they're like, oh, you can keep your hand in there longer if you're swearing. And that's a psychological fact. And yeah, that's interesting and all, but it's, that's way more like reality TV goofiness. And I mm-hmm. and I don't think it needed it. I, I almost think that approaching it from like a classy, you know, the way Nicolas Cage is in that room with all of the books and yeah, like if they approached I, it classy, like a history documentary, I thought it would be better. And and while I will say the comedians did have some some funny anecdotes as far as the words were concerned, it it really seemed like they all just kind of agreed with each other and. Nobody really wanted to say anything that would offend somebody else because everybody kind of agreed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, because f- the way that I got it was, and and I know that you haven't seen all the episodes yet, so but I think you got some of it with the last episode that you saw, was that, you know, they were all on board with fucking shit. But then you got to bitch, and people are like, oh, well, you know, that word's offensive because it's demeaning to women. And I was like... That's that. Yeah, that's why it's a curse word. <laughs> I mean, what? What? I okay. I saw. A, I think it, that was the one where they showed like the usage of it, where they they were talking like, if someone says, "Hey, you're a bitch," that's a problem. But if you say to someone, "I'm bitching at this," or you know, "I'm going to bitch out somebody," <laughs> it's okay. Um, right, and it didn't jump. It didn't that, jump out to me too much. Well, I can, I can see eventually when when you get to uh, the p word, uh, where where it really jumped out to me, mm-hmm. and because I've seen all the episodes, and th- this was the kind of thing that I was like, really, the b- because it was you got to the bitch episode and you got to the pussy episode. And they said exactly the same things. They said, oh, well, you know, these are demeaning to women. You know, we we really should, 
refrain from using these. It's not, it's not appropriate. It's not funny. It's not whatever, but everyone was okay with using Dick. And it's like that because it's a derogatory term referring to a male part, as opposed to a derogatory term referring to a female part. Nobody had a problem with Dick. Everybody had a problem with pussy. And I'm like, really? Are they, are they not the same thing? (laughs) I do. I do wonder if those are some of the comedians that have complained in the past about like, well, we can't say anything on the stage anymore. Um, but I, I, like I said, I've not seen that yet. Um, let's say here. And then as, as you get later in the episodes, the words really are kind of like the, the lesser swear words, if you will. Um, I mean, I don't know how long this, this series can actually go on. I mean, I've, I I I'm I think they've already exhausted a lot of the major ones that they can do. If they so were mad know. about bitch and pussy, the c word ain't flying. Yeah, so I I don't see that would happen. Maybe they should do but... British swear words because like the some of the American swear words in England don't mean any don't mean as much, but some of the British swear words like I think Fanny is bad over there. We we just got banned in England, guys. We did. Yep. Or like Spanish uh, swear words. I would actually like that. That was always nice when you're growing up, when you had that, like the friend from like, I had a friend from Brazil who taught me a bunch of like Portuguese swear words. Mm-hmm. And like, I wouldn't get in trouble. would be like, puta. I've learned a couple of Spanish ones yeah, too. Like, puta. And you're like, what? Or puñeta. Ooh, what's that? For some reason, it, it essentially means masturbation, but I guess it's a, it's a curse word. In Spanish. It's like when you, uh, like if you uh, smash your thumb. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stub your toe, you know. It's, yeah. That's a good one, though. It, it's a, it's an, it's like a, holy shit, that hurt. Kind uh-huh. of do. Do you get, do you get to do that now? Like, have you, have you done it? Have you dropped one, Jimmy? Mm, like, not really. Like, cut your no, finger on really. something or, huh. nah. oh, well. You don't curse in multiple languages, Jimmy? Not really. <laughs> oh, why not? You're missing a great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, moving. I expect you to be a bilingual swearer. Yes. Moving on. <laughs> we are going to talk about uh, season three of Cobra Kai next, I think. And oh. I have not watched Dude. all of it yet. So uh, I will talk about some of it, but if you start getting all spoily, I'm I'm gonna drop out. How far have you gotten? Uh, the episode where they move where they move to the park. So it's like okay, it's like five. Jimmy, have you watched yet? Like that? I've seen the first episode of season two. Gotcha. Okay. I am so where where. Where is where is Daniel at that point? In my in my world, mm-hmm. uh, your butt. He didn't. He wasn't really big in that episode. That this was a lot of uh, mother daughter time. In this episode, he's uh well we'll we'll talk. Um, Shit, because what? I'll, I'll drop. Damn that. it, Greg. Well, sorry. Uh, so Cobra Kai Season 3, it was released January 1st, 2021, which means I had ample time to watch it, but I didn't, even though I really wanted to. Uh, 
Director John Hurwitz, Hayden Schlossberg. Lynn, there's a bunch of directors for each of the different episodes. Thank you for writing all of them. They each did two episodes. So episodes one and two were John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg. Mm-hmm. Episodes three and four were Lynn Oding. Uh, five and six were Stephen Tushita. Seven and eight were Jennifer Salata and Josh Heald did episodes nine and gotcha. Uh, of course, starring Ralph Macchio, William Zabka, Zolo Madurena, Tanner Buchanan, Courtney Hengler. There's a bunch of people in here. Uh, Martin Cove. Yeah. Oh. And here's yes. a spoiler. Uh, Tamlin Tomita and Elizabeth Shue, Yoki Okamoto and Tracy Taguchi, all of people from past uh, Karate Kid movies. Past love interests they, of Daniel? Yeah. Two, two past they, love interests of Daniel. Oh. Uh, and and oh, fuck. <laughs> Do you know who that last name is? Uh, Tracy Taguchi. Yes, I do not. Take off your headphones, Jimmy. I was so excited when I saw when I saw her. I was like, "No way!" Because at one point in the show, Daniel's business is in trouble, and he goes to Japan to save it. And he meets up with his with his vet Karate Kid two girlfriend Kumiko, mm-hmm. and she introduces him to the lady who is going to save his business. And when she turns around, do you know who the lady is? The lady is the twelve year old girl who was ringing the bell in the storm during Karate Kid two that he went out into the storm to save. Oh no shit. <laughs> and she say, and I was like, "That, oh, that is great writing." I loved that part. I was like, "Yeah, oh my god!" I was oh, like, "Wow, <gasps> nice call big back. chills, big chills, nice callback." Cool. Okay, Greg, he's not looking. He's eating more snacks. Okay, I am That's back. Really cool. I had to share that with somebody, and you had to take your headphones off. I'm sorry, listeners. Yeah. I totally blew that for you. But it it was it was such a huge moment. I was I was so excited about it. I thought it was absolutely amazing. That's fantastic writing. Well done. Well done. Oh. Okay, ready. So we've uh, we've been ready. Okay. Uh, well, I'm back, <laughs> so I want to talk about this here. So uh, season three was I, I had just watched season two just a few months back, so I was very excited mm-hmm. about season three coming out. I uh, didn't have the long wait a lot of other people's had. Um. At the end of season two, of course, there was a huge to-do. There's a giant karate battle across an ho- entire high school. Pretty well choreographed mm-hmm. battle, where but it ended yeah. as uh, someone got kicked over a railing, landed across another railing, and broke his back. Was, Died. No, just put in a coma. And uh, back. The, yes. Diaz. And. Uh, so he did that, and of course now karate is no go in the high school. Back coma. Yep. <laughs> He's paralyzed, and but now karate is a no go on the entire, uh, you know, across the campus. Uh, Daniel Larusso, who had Larusso, who had uh, run a bunch of successful car dealerships, is you know having to cut his marketing because he based his marketing on karate. There was just a big to do about that, so that kind of leads us into season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I have I have enjoyed. Um, like I said, I'm not done with it yet. There are there were a few moments 
where it's like, wow, they're taking the bullying stuff a little far, and then they turned out to be dream sequences. Um, but I will say, so far, the, the thing I like the best is how they use just how stunted Johnny is. Like, by having him basically be stuck in the 80s with the, the jokes about that. Like, when he's trying to get the, the guy who's been paralyzed to get a, ma a Porto magazine, and it's like the hottest chicks of 1987. <laughs> He's like, mm -hmm. why don't you want mm -hmm. this? He's like, these chicks are old enough to be my grandma. <laughs> and then like, you know, I can look this up for free on the internet, yeah, right? right? And then like, even the time when he goes into the high school to talk, he gives this like whole speech uh, about to some people about how like he won't back down. And then he turns around and as he's walking, there's like a little kid like walking with a book, like a, like a nerd. <laughs> he, sm <laughs> he smacks it out of his hand. And he's like, oh, sorry, old habit. Uh, sorry, kid. Oh, uh, uh, like those little jokes, like they, it's, I, I'm assuming, well, I know he does. He produces it. William Zapka, he gets all the best lines um, in this show and, and he should, it's kind of his story in a way. Um, mm -hmm. There, when there is a sequence when uh, Daniel LaRusso, which was actually well written into the story, he has to go to Japan for his, on behalf of his car dealership. So he does take a what? stop. He does take a stop in Okinawa. And get out of town. He did. And I really liked the whole uh the way they introduced the bar. Did you catch that, Rob? When they Which bar? Uh the bar that he runs into his old nemesis in Okinawa at when they if they first cut to the bar, they put the ice things. They're putting ice into these like mm -hmm. long things, just like when they did the tournament thing. Yep. It was like it was such a great cut. Um, His nemesis is chosen. By chosen, the way. yes. Too many names to remember these days. Um, so really, really great. Uh, it gets it gets better. Nice. Uh, of course, the there is the warring. It's a little confusing, like who who was aligned with which school and why they left and who cheated on who and who hates who. Um, they're definitely kind of doing that like thing where the, the people have a reason to be terrible. A couple of the characters. Yeah. I think you have a little bit of an attention problem because I really didn't think it was that far fetched or that, that much of a stretch. I mean, because honestly it's um, Samantha and Miguel like each other. They've been separated by the dueling dojos and then the insertion of Robbie, who Samantha kind of had feelings for, but she's still kind of in love with Miguel, and it's like a love triangle. And then the 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 third girl or the second girl, who is the real antagonist, mm -hmm. falls for Miguel, but Miguel still has feelings for Samantha. What's that? And, and just because a lot of these people have been in both dojos as well. So it's the, it's just like the, it's the alignments that I will occasionally, cause it's like the first season I watched a long time ago. The only one who's jumped dojos is, well, Miguel. No. no so Miguel was. No, Miguel was always a student of Johnny. Okay. Yeah. Cause he, well, he was in Cobra Kai with Johnny and then Johnny left. Right. And then Johnny left, but he's still in Cobra Kai. Mm -hmm. And then. But he was with Johnny, so I mean, he he never really left dojos until the third dojo jumped up. But um, 
I mean, nobody else really jumped dojos. Well, most of yeah. most of Daniel's students did. They were all Cobra Kai and left with him. Uh, well, yeah, but they're bit characters. Yeah. It's still there's a lot of there's a lot of interplay and stuff like that. But Wait, and beyond that, guy, what, what? You said Daniel was huh? Cobra Kai. No, a lot of Daniel's students were former Cobra yeah. Kai. Mm. At a certain point, he goes in there and says, "If anyone wants to leave with me, you can leave with me." Uh, they are they do yeah. a, a lot of little things where you're where you are sympathetic to characters who end up being terrible. Um, particularly Crease, where they show him as like a in the past and some of his time in Vietnam and stuff. I was never sympathetic towards Crease. After watching the whole, well, the if whole you season, if you was... know him, you know that he's terrible. But they do show him getting bullied when he was younger, um, and as well as what uh, the girl, the other girl that's you know they're talking about. Oh my, I have to work hard. I have to work two jobs. And, like they're trying to, they're not trying to do, it, but they they do some stuff like, oh well, she's terrible because you know she's she's been poor. She's have you know she has. She's lost boyfriends and stuff like that. So there's a there's a yeah, little no, ending I, with that. I I think she's actually kind of a bad person. Hmm. The the way that she goes after after Samantha and the way that she goes after the other people from the other dojo, yeah. She disfigured Sam because she saw her with Miguel. Was that the she had the scratches on her arm? That's from the the spiked knuckles, yeah, yeah. yeah. At the end of season two. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. and where where are all the authority figures during yes. this? They, yeah, they do that I mean, too. They had, where the... they had this big fight in the school, and the I mean, the girl announced over the PA that she was coming for Sam, and nobody stopped shit. And then we've got all these all these karate throwdowns where there's absolutely no law enforcement or Even any in kind prison. of supervision. <laughs> yeah. It's well, I mean, in prison, I mean, the guards kind of, well, the, and in fact, that was the only time when anybody showed up to break anything up. Mm-hmm. The guards showed up and, and pulled Robbie off that guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, th- there's like no, no supervision anywhere during any of this. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like that. That what is that rule of football? Like if you're if you're the person that swings first, you're not going to get the penalty flag. But if you swing back, you're going to get the penalty flag. And it kind of they do that periodically, where someone will be completely terrible and knock someone's lunch out of your hand, their hand, or throw away the lunch or whatever. And then if you like raise your fist at them, then the the principal's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" So, which is of course hey, frustrating. Stop all that fisting. Yes, stop all that fisting. <laughs> He says different, different show, but over all in all, it is fun. I'm a fan. I've, I've really enjoyed the third season. I have very much enjoyed the third, the third season. They, I don't know if you've seen the episode yet. I won't get too much into it, but they did kind of jump the shark at the end with, with, um, with the fact that there were no police involved again. And it was it was a fairly significant transgression, and I'm like, how in the hell do you not call the police at that point? So, but they they did have, as we talked about earlier, they had some absolutely excellent 
nostalgic payoffs. And I I was so excited when I saw it. I was like, yeah. yeah that's awesome. And there, there's also been some really touching moments in involving the the bad guy that you keep rooting for only to be disappointed. So Johnny's interactions with Miguel in this season have actually been really heartwarming. I've, I've really enjoyed seeing Johnny interacting with Miguel, trying to take responsibility for, you know, walking away and for helping Miguel get up and walk again. That was, that was another thing I wanted to like that, that whole montage where he got him to walk again. Mm-hmm. They kind of, uh, so Johnny of course had had a relationship with Miguel's mother in previous seasons. Correct. And then obviously that when some actions that groups of people take cause someone's son to get their back broken, there's some problems. They never some really showed that like he was doing all the workout. He finally walked and there was never, we should probably go tell your mom. Like, I just wanted to see that moment. Like they're out in a parking lot. Well, I just kind of wanted to honestly, see that. Like, Honestly, I liked that they didn't because of where the current relationship was between Johnny and his mom. Johnny had Johnny knows with no uncertain terms that she does not like him at this point. Yeah. She she holds him personally responsible. She doesn't want to see him. She doesn't want to talk to him. But her son, for lack of a better term, her son loves him and wants to be around him. And she knows that he's trying to help. So when Johnny ends up helping him and he's getting results, he doesn't want to run to her and be like, oh, look, see, look, see what I did, see what I did, see what I did. So I like that they're actually showing a little bit of growth on Johnny's part in that respect. And the fact that he's actually making progress, you know he's telling his mom. And she's allowing him to keep doing it because they're making progress. So I, I kind of like that they didn't that they didn't go over that whole "oh look what I did" kind of thing. It, they just kind of let it breathe. Yeah, I still wanted it. I was like, lo- I was looking for that scene. I, I, oh, I wanted, uh, I wanted mom hugs. Plus, I like her. Oh, there there were more than mom hugs. Oh, oh my. Hey oh oh you haven't gotten to that part yet. No. Oh well then. You're premature, but, Rob. Premature well, yeah. plot explanation. Something. Yeah, well, sorry. Okay. But I, I really enjoyed the scene where he took him to the concert. <laughs> the D. Snyder concert. Yeah. The D. Snyder concert. But it's, I mean, but it's so true. It's one of those things that, you know, when you're not really thinking about it, you can, you, you know, you make a little bit of progress and it's like, see, it's there. Yeah. We just need to it's tap into it. Tap, huh? Yeah, he gets his foot tapping at a concert. He looks down and realizes mm-hmm. his foot is tapping. He's he's enjoying the concert. He's he's listening to the music, and his foot starts tapping along with the beat. And Johnny looks down and notices it. And and up to that point, he hadn't been able to move his feet at all. So he taps he taps him on the shoulder, and he's like, "Hey!" And he's like, "What?" And he points down at his foot, and that's when he notices or realizes that you know his foot is tapping along with the mm-hmm. music. And they get all excited, and then that gives you that little bit of hope that you know maybe this is something that can be yeah. that can be worked on. Well, uh, I think that takes us out of this episode. I'm going to take a uh, Jimmy. You can pull your ears away from this because I'm going to take a bite of a Kit Kat to finish up here. Uh, let's see. 
This is a hot spring dumpling Kit Kat. These tasty Kit Kats could only be picked up in hot spring resorts until this year. But now we're bringing them to you. The cream mixed with azuki red bean paste. So it has that that kind of red bean mustiness, which I'm sure you've had tasted red bean. It smells a little bit like the the Boston baked beans that you can get, uh, the the candy ones. Uh, Sandwiched between crispy wafers, blah, 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 blah. And it is wrapped in white chocolate. I'm going to take a bite here. Also good. Uh, sweet, but, you know, not overpowering. Definitely a very strong red bean paste flavor. It's freaking candy. Why would you not expect it to be sweet? It's not like it's overwhelmingly sweet. There's other flavors. Let's go with that. It's delicious. Uh, the reason why I've been eating all this crazy Japanese food is because of next week. Because next week, on Monday, you'll be able to hear us cover a movie that is named I've written down wrong at least eight different times. So why don't you give it a shot? Uh, message from space. There you go. That is in fact yeah, right not there. message from the stars. Nope. Not star message. Uh, not anything else I've written down. But message from space. We will be covering that. That is what is considered a Japanese Star Wars ripoff. So I decided to eat some Japanese candy to as a marketing ploy to get you guys to tune in next week for this episode where we talk about this. Uh, not as terrible as we had hoped it would be movie. <laughs> Surprisingly. Oh, man. We so, will, of course, answer a question related to that movie. We will. In the meantime, if you would like to know what that question is in advance, you can check us out on patreon.com slash give me five podcasts to subscribe for $5 monthly and get into the chat room where you will be able to see that question in advance. You can check us out at giveme5podcast.com Otherwise, you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me 5 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at giveme5pod And if you don't know by now, the 5 is spelled out F-I-V-E on all of those things. If you'd like to support the store, the show, another way, you can visit our online store at giveme5podcast.threadless.com. All kinds of cool stuff on there. And new stuff will be added soon. Also, check out our YouTube channel. Yeah. Mm. Go on. You can check out... What is the name of the YouTube is it just give me five podcasts? Just search for give me five podcast on YouTube. Yeah. Look out for some, I don't know, whatever we feel like doing, I guess. I'm going to try and do videos weekly talking about um, what's coming up, what has happened, and where we're going. So look out for those. They're only going to get better. Uh, mm-hmm. There's only one out right now, and it's, uh, you know, more or less a test. A test. But, yeah. But it is called the Donkey Mud Wrestling Show. It is called the Donkey Mud yeah. Wrestling. Yeah, so yeah, so if, you look, if you search "Give Me Five Podcast," you'll see our logo there. It is the first thing. Um, I do have a a like a bank box in my closet that is a bunch of like crazy old comics and other things that I put in there because I thought they'd be valuable someday. Mm-hmm. Um, so someday I'm going to do a live stream or a video of what the hell is in there because I have no idea. Um, so there might be it, I might be horribly disappointed, or I might become a millionaire. And it's a time capsule. Yeah, it's kind of a time capsule from like I, 19, when I went to college, so 1990 something. 
1991. 95. He's got to buy like special edition condoms or some shit. Uh, yeah, maybe. Ew. Yeah, probably, honestly, probably a whole lot of comic book uh, playing cards or trading cards, rather. Chromium covered Spider Man comics and stuff. But I'll do that. We're going to do some fun stuff on there. I'll eat Japanese food for you people. Maybe with the boy. The boy yeah. likes eating Japanese food too. Eat. Eat. Greg's going to eat a Japanese boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will eat a Japanese boy for you people. So thank you for oh. listening. Thank I'm going to be in so prison for eating a Japanese boy. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Wow, I think I just recorded that.